Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please get in touch with your survivor stories or your thank you letters. You can reach us at contact at whydoyouthink.com or on Instagram at emily underscore lang underscore UK or why do you think podcast. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returning from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn, but are so grateful that we did. So today is a really big one. Um, personally, today we are touching on a subject that even to this day, when I think about it, it sears my skin and sends shivers down my spine. I've stayed away from it for a while, but my guest today, uh, we have so much in common. So we are discussing exactly what it's like being sent away from home as a child. This may sound very specific, but I implore you to tune in. So my guest Kat Sims and I are discussing all this and more. Okay, so my God, September 1992. Who doesn't remember those glory days? Most of the people in this room, because they weren't born. Mickey, maybe. (laughs) Mickey's not ugly. Um, September 1992. this is this is a really big one that we're discussing today because I this is something that holds a, a kind of block of concrete in my soul that I haven't really discussed and so I'm really really I'd say excited is the right word but intrigued <laughs> <laughs> trepidation Trepid- Synonyms. It's going to be a lot. But we are at this moment in the Lake District, 
being, I'm guessing, dropped off at boarding school. Yeah. Being dropped off at boarding school. And in this moment, wonderful, wonderful cat. Why do you think you've got no friends? There we go. I mean, there's nothing quite like being 11 years old and being left somewhere. Oh, God. I for the first time by your parents yeah. and having them drive away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind now. And it's taken me this long. I'm fortunate it's taken me this long to really figure out the impact that boarding school had on me. Um, but it was that moment where I realised that I was on my own, mm-hmm. you know, that nobody was going to look after me. Yeah. I mean, not that they didn't. I had lovely parents. I had lovely parents who were kind and gave me as many opportunities as they could. Boarding school, they thought, was one of those opportunities. But the reality is it was the single most devastating yeah. thing that happened to me. And through the years, I've kind of worked out how and why that was so impactful. Mm -hmm. But it is at 11 years old, I was dropped off. And I remember being in like the school dining hall and every new year, well, it wasn't year seven because it was a fancy school. So it was first First year. (laughs) We were all there and, you know, all these parents are laughing and joking, drinking champagne and coffee and all the rest of it. And we were just there and I'm looking around and everybody was just like wide-eyed. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. And I'd wanted to go to boarding school. And my dad went to boarding school. Um, I'd always known, like it had always been a thing I was going to go. Do you have older siblings? So I, my dad had kids from his first marriage. Right. They hadn't gone to boarding school. Right, okay. So I think this was dad's chance to like send a kid to boarding school. I do think there was an element of status for him and he wanted to be able to say his kids were at boarding school. Sure. I'd always wanted to go. It been sold to me as like the Mallory Towers, yeah. you know, version of it. Yeah. And then when we got there, I was fine. They left. And then about 24 hours later, this homesickness kicked in that nobody expected. I was always the kid that did everything. I jumped off high things. I, you know, I was that kid. Yeah. And this homesickness kicked in. And from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to sleep, I would cry. And it wasn't like I I was whinging. It was like an overwhelming feeling of abandonment. Yeah, yeah. And I cried through every single lesson, every day until February half term. I would leave school, I would leave classes, say I need to go to the loo. My mum would have sent me, because um, this is the olden days of mobile phone, mm. she would have sent me um, a letter with 10 pieces sellotaped to it, hundreds of them. And I would drop a 10p piece in, I'd say I go to the loo and then I'd drop it, run to the phone box, drop a 10p piece in mm. and say, call me back, because obviously that's what happened. Mm. She'd call me straight back and I would just cry and say, you need to bring me home, you need to bring me, I hate it here, I want to come home, I don't want to do it. Mm. And they were resolute in their... Like, you will stay there. Oh, my God. We've got such similar stories. And it was February half term. And, I, and of course, I had no friends, literally, because they were so sympathetic at first. But by, like, the fourth week of me just crying, yeah. understandably, they'd lost their patience. They were like, you, you know, it was just me that felt like this as well. There was, I think other people may have been homesick, maybe, but nobody had this, like, distress that I had. Yeah. And I remember February half time I went home and my mum said, oh, do you know what? Like, if you're not fine, by the t- we'll bring you home. Mm. And I went back off February half term and I was all right. Mm. And at the time I thought maybe it was because I'd been given like a way out. Mm-hmm. But now I think about it, I think actually it was more like I was one of those orphans in Romanian orphanages that just stopped crying because yeah. they know they knew nobody was going to come. That's exactly it. Yeah. That is what. And, and oh god, I've just given myself. Yeah, goosebumps. I mean, too, I can feel like my whole back is gone. And at eleven, I had absolutely no idea yeah. 
what that was. I had been told that I was like, I needed to get over it. It was getting ridiculous now. And so when I finally stopped crying, I thought, oh, maybe I'm all right now. But actually, I think for me, that was the moment where I was like, you are entirely on your own in this world. And there are people who love you, but actually when you really need somebody, they don't come. And that has been a pervasive theme throughout my life until I became sober, essentially, and sort of started to unpick all of that. But it is that feeling that when I when I ask for help, they don't come, which is why now I am so I find it so hard to ask for help. People are like, why didn't you ask? I'm like, because in my experience, they don't come. Yeah, yeah. When you have um, been at like the literal point of being so vulnerable, so readily asking for help in floods of tears as a child. Over an extended period period of time. time. And people have gone, nope, nope, nope. We have really similar stories in this respect because, um, and I haven't discussed boarding school a lot because it is such, um, it's coming from a scene, I don't want to say scene, because it is a place of privilege, but like it's, there is this, Thing I asked my mum, I was like, why did you send me? Mm. And she said, it's just what we always did. And I've often described it as feeling like this ball of clay, that um, there was no kind of, this is good for the individual child. This is, it was just like, this is a child. This is what we have done. This child will do it. Yeah. Um, I... Oh my God, I can't. I didn't have that, but I was so, um, I begged to be taken, begged to be taken away. Yeah. And it was like, no. And I remember my, oh, this is tough. Cause I know that she, I know that she was trying to do what she thought was best. Yeah, totally. And I think yeah. I'd have to say the same, like my parents genuinely thought, and it was in many ways, it was an incredible opportunity. Yeah. You know, I was able to do things that no people who weren't at boarding school didn't have the opportunity yeah. to do or yeah. a private school in general. But, mm. um, it, you know, I've had that conversation with my parents as well during lockdown, actually, when we were sort of allowed to sit in the garden, Yeah. I drove down to Devon to see them. And, you know, we, we'd had that time to really think about a lot of stuff that was going on. And I did, I said, you know, why did you send me? And they said the same thing. They were like, we thought it was what was best for you. Like, it was a great opportunity. Um, And I sort of said to them, it really wasn't. Like, it really damaged me in a lot of ways. And they were very open to hearing it. And and they did apologise. But it took me until I was 42 to be able to sit down and say that. And also, now I've got kids. Like, my eldest is nine. Can you imagine sending her... She's going to be 10 in November. There is no way I can imagine sending her away. And the other thing is, Mum, if you're listening, (laughs) I'm really sorry, I know it sounds a bit mean, but when I was there, most of the kids there were actually army kids. That's what boarding school was originally invented for. It was like army kids whose parents were moving around all the time or whose parents lived really far away and were stationed wherever they were. Um... Like, that wasn't me. I was the only child in this particular relationship. It wasn't like she had 700 children to look after. Mm. She also didn't work. Mm, mm, so I was like, mm. what was it that yeah. you needed? The, like, was it just that you wanted me out of the way? Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I've got kids. I can also understand that as well. <laughs> but the, it felt very... It, it felt like a very disproportionate decision. Yeah to the reality of what our situation was. Yeah. Especially when I knew that as well, my, you know, my dad struggled to pay for it as well. You know, yeah. I know that there were times when he had to borrow money to pay my bills. And I was like, 
why was I even yeah, there? Why, like, why were we doing this then? Why were we putting everybody through this? Yeah. Because we thought it was the right thing to do, because we've been... And it looked good. And it looked good. Well, it's my greatest, say my greatest story, but like something that really puts it in a nutshell for me. And I think what you're saying about this thing of just, of stopping crying, that's what I did. But it wasn't because... Um, I didn't feel it anymore. I literally shut down. Yeah. And went, there is, I cut that emotional tie. I don't know if you had the, we had it when we first arrived, we weren't allowed to speak to anyone from our family for like three weeks. We had the same thing, yeah. This cut connection. And you're like, and I look at that now and go, what the fuck? How old were you when you went? 11. Yeah. I just turned 11. And this thing of going, oh no, they need to adjust. That's, that's brutal. My mum dropped me off and my school was, it was, there was like, it was very much run by the girls. There was, the, the teachers had no authority. If a teacher was mad at you, you'd be like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> but if you, if a girl was, an older girl, your life was miserable. Miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had this thing that the younger years, I don't know, was similar, like, hey, Mickey Moo, it's just the chat. Um, if, they didn't speak to you. You couldn't speak to them. Yeah. And we were sat on these. We had to the whole like saying grace and sitting down. And unless they like offered you the food, you couldn't ask for it. You couldn't be like, can I please have food? They. And so I used to be so hungry that I'd go and sit in a cupboard and eat powdered hot chocolate because I was so hungry. Yeah. And my mum dropped me off. And then when she was allowed to come see me a little while later, um, she... I remember it so clearly. We had this assembly hall. On one side was the was the first form common room. And she'd gone in there and sort of poked around and gone, has anybody seen Emily Lang? Has anyone seen Emily Lang? And they were going, no. And I came across, I walked towards the first form common room and she was walking towards me. And um, she and she got about, I don't know, a few feet away from me. And she bent down and went, have you seen Emily Lang? And she didn't recognise me. No. Yeah. Because I was so emaciated oh and God. so just a sh- and because I'd been like you, I'd always they, my mum always says you always want to jump off of the thing yeah. first. You were always I had to, remember, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Climbing there once we were in a really bad storm on a ship and I had to climb up over this thing and I just like and like did it and not even thinking about it. It was always that I was always that child and suddenly I was just this shell. Yeah. shell of a, of a human and there's a real issue I went to an all girls boarding school yeah, and I think um, that is really it was crazy. very like dog eat dog yeah like you really had to there were times when you know and I'm ashamed to say this now but there were times when I was a bully yeah yeah because because if you weren't you'd be bullied yeah yeah and I knew that and I would walk into a classroom there was one girl in particular and you never knew whether you were going to get the nice version, whether she was just going to rip the shit out of you. Yeah. Like, really take the piss. You know, in that way that's like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. actually makes you oh, feel Oh, no, the way way. girls do it. Oh, it's awful. You'd rather be punched in the face. I'd rather be punched in the face. Yeah. But it, it would eat, eat away at me. And I soon realised that I, if I was going to survive, I had to be on her side. Mm. And that meant that I behaved really badly yeah. to certain people. Yeah. And something I'm absolutely not proud of, but it's something that I've, in my sobriety, I've had to really confront and accept mm-hmm. and make amends for. Mm-hmm. Um, you sell your soul. You go, you I need to, su- you can't it's the fucking Hunger anywhere. Games. Yeah, it's the, it's it's the, the Hunger Games. Exactly that the other day. And it's sixth form. Yeah. And, and at the end of, when you graduate, it's like, who comes out alive? Yeah. And you have to fight to the death. Yeah. And that is how it felt. And, you, and, and I've constantly been on that fight or flight ever since. 
you know, and it's very hard. I'm hypervigilant. Yeah, I was just going to say that hypervigilance yeah. of going, walking into a room and not knowing what's going to be greeting you and going, how do I need to react? What's the best way for me to respond? Yeah. That and that every day because you don't go home. It's not like at the there's end no of the touch day. Zone. There's no touch zone. You are there 24-7. It's at night. It is waking up. I remember there was a girl in the bunk below me in second form who told me, sorry, <laughs> it's not <laughs> I funny. can't wait to hear she this. Went, she went, I'm going to wait till you fall asleep and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, that is... I believed it. Yes. Of course you do because you are 12 yeah. and you do not have a safe adult around you no, to put it all in perspective and oh, go, she's probably not She's probably not going to heal. I was like, she's going, she literally went, I'm going to wait until you fall asleep. And she went, you have to fall asleep sometime. <laughs> and the producer is like shaking his head he's like this is insane and he's like oh it makes sense yes <laughs> this explains a lot but it is and also did you I don't know if you found this but I found that I, I went to boarding school at 11 my mum and dad had this beautiful house in New York Dales and they, mm. they started a bed and breakfast so literally the day I moved out they changed my bedroom into a bed and breakfast room oh, so when I came home I stayed in like guest rooms essentially yeah, yeah. Um, all my stuff was put in the loft and um, ever since, I have really, I've never had any attachment to houses, yeah. places, anything like that. When they sold that family house, which we'd had, my grandfather built it. Yeah. Everybody was crying inside. It's just a bit like, what? I never yeah. had a space or a home. And I am expert now mm. at making anything mine. So if I go to a hotel room, mm. I will pack a candle and I will unpack everything and make it my, you know, like you did with your bunk. Yeah. And you've got your bunk, you put your new bedding on yeah. and you put your posters up mm. and your fairy lights and all the rest of it. You'd make that your own. But then the next time you'd be in a different bunk. Yeah. And so that's me. Like I'm very transient in, in home is me. Yeah. And it feels okay. And it feels okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's weird when you do start to share homes with other people. Like my husband's like, you know, I really miss being home and I'm like, I really don't. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I can't ever allow myself to be that attached to something yeah. that I then have to be away from again. Yeah. I can't do it. And that's the same with my relationships as well. They, they For the longest time, they're very transient. Even now, mm. it takes me a long time to really, you know, people say a lot of addicts are codependent. I am the absolute opposite. Really? Yeah, I, I will. I don't give a shit. I want to be on my own. If I'm struggling, I, want, I isolate. I don't want to be near anybody. Right. Um, I do not trust. Yeah. My instinct is not to trust anybody except myself. It's so interesting that you go in that direction because I go in the opposite direction yeah. of being so convinced because I don't trust again. But I don't trust that, like, if I don't give all of myself, that it's not going to be enough. That I need to go, I will give you everything, I will do everything for you because then you'll accept me and I'll be okay, I'll be safe. Well, you see, I think that doesn't work because I also had, when I first went to boarding school, my uh, half brother and sister from my dad's first marriage, mm. I was desperate to be accepted as like a full right, sibling yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah. And I was close to my sister, she was 12 years older, but my brother, who was seven years older, was very angry about the whole divorce, like, and I get it, that's fine, but he wanted nothing to do with me. Mm. So I would religiously, every single day, oh my God, my heart breaks for little me, mm. I would write letters, because that we didn't have email, no, we people. Didn't, we didn't have it. We wrote letters. Yeah. I got a writing box to go to fucking school with. That's no, how I don't, because I have that too. So I wrote letters every day to my brother. Never once did I get a response. Oh, no, that, no. Ow. Not once. Ow. And so even, so I suppose me reaching out, begging 
and trying to be everything, mm. I knew that didn't work. And that didn't work. I knew that didn't work. So for me, I'm like, fine, I get it now. Yeah. I am on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's only now I've been able to let go of that need and to recognise that I can't control people, places and things. Yeah. And that if he doesn't want that relationship, yeah. he does, and he, and he doesn't and he never has done. Yeah. So that, you know, for me, I was like, nobody, Yeah. I literally have no friends. Literally. Why do you need to go to friends? Well, I can fucking tell you. Uh, here, we go. Go. here we go. That it's, um, my, I remember when I, when I left um, and my mum said a lot of the time, she was like, why don't you come home? Like, why don't you miss, why don't you miss us? And I was going like, are you joking? I, what do you mean? I haven't been allowed. If I missed you for the last seven years, I'd be dead. What, what do you mean? Why don't, I can't then suddenly go, oh, I'm back. Now I miss you again. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. I haven't been allowed to miss you. you. You've made a choice here. Yeah. I asked you to take, I'm sorry, Mom, we've had this discussion, but like, I asked you to take me away many, many times. I was never listened to ever. Mm. It was just like, get on with it. You're pathetic. I think the worst thing, so... Did I, your siblings go as well? My, school? So my, yeah. And I've got two older sisters, two older brothers. So but my both my older brothers, my sister's quite a lot older, but both my brothers had gone when they were seven. I mean, that's my, my dad went when he was four. Fuck. That's fucked. He went when he was four. And even more so fucked was his, he, his dad was in the army, he was in the RAF, yeah. and uh, his mum had breast cancer. And he went when he was four to Hawtrey's prep. And uh, when his mum died, they didn't tell him until after the funeral. So there's definitely compassion in me. Like, I can definitely look at how my dad... And, and, you know, my dad is brilliant and I love him. Yeah. And I don't think he'd ever... I don't think he'd ever even consider the fact that that was trauma that has, like, influenced the way he's been since. But it is really dark. That's dark. It is, it's... It's a miracle to me that he is as together and kind and benevolent as he is. It's just a quick second. Was that your dad in the video who was laughing at Pooh Bum or something? Yeah. I, lo- I, I watched that like three times and then yeah, laughed so much. It's... My dad called me this morning. He was like, you didn't tell me you'd put it on the Instagram. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> the I said, listen, I saved it. I'm going to play it at your funeral. <laughs> And he was howling with laughter again. It I was like, be- this is the moment. It's like, I went, as I was filming it, I'm going, this is going to be brilliant. It's funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that's really it's just, fucked. It's one of the funny, I don't know, because it's how he slowly loses it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's proper, like, howling laughter. And he does have this, like, hilarious, like, he's lost it yeah. laugh. Um, but it was like- also this moment where the girls, my girls are looking at him, he's reading them poo yeah. and he's and they're just delighted that, at yeah. how amused he is they love how funny he finds it it's yeah. amazing the thing that like it's like gets its fucking fingers around my spine when i think about it is um after so uh those who don't know you don't know we had these things called exiats which were mm-hmm. when you went home for you know the weekend. For the weekend you came went on friday came back on the sunday and um oh, God. yeah literally right Sunday, no, I can't do Sunday nights, can't do them. Um, but uh, I, on a Sunday, I used to... Did you fake being ill? Yeah. I used to fake being ill all the time, so Constantly. I just had to go back. So I didn't have to go back. Yeah. And I would ha- like howl, scream to Me the too. point of like, like the, the whole village could hear it and barricade myself in this room and go like begging, begging, begging. And um, being literally dragged out yeah. and thrown in a car. And I remember my mum going, aren't you embarrassed? Age 11. 
and me going and I that's really stuck with me I do you know it's funny you mentioned that because there was there was this thing where I was in North Yorkshire and my boarding school was in the Lake District mm. and there's quite a few kids from our area like Harrogate Leeds Weatherby around there mm. and um they decided, the parents decided that obviously driving their kids back from Exeter was just such an asshole. Yep. So instead, oh. they carpooled. So they hired a minibus and they would put us all on this minibus. And I remember, you know, like when you try and put a cat in the bath and they're like that. <laughs> like, that was me trying to get me on this minibus. Yeah. Because in my head, I was thinking, you've got one fucking job. Yeah. Like, the least you can do is drive me. Yeah. It's an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. You can drive me. No, yeah. that's too much trouble. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You feel so insignificant. Yeah. You don't belong anywhere. You don't belong anywhere. It's And it is this thing of, like, your mum doesn't work. It's not like she's got a load of other kids. It's mm. not like they're travelling around in the army. It's like, why Why do I not matter to yeah. you at all? Yeah. Why am I such a... And and we know and like we we keep we we keep reiterating we know that they were doing what they thought was best and there's trauma there for them yeah, as well absolutely absolutely you know I don't hold any animosity or resentment towards them for it because you know there's lots of that experience in boarding school that mm. served me well in a lot of ways mm. um, and I know that they did do it with good intention mm, mm. and it is that kind of you know. If they'd have brought me home for them, that was quitting. You know, that yeah. was like, she needs to be resilient. Yeah. And, and they're not wrong. It's just a really bad way of it's going really, about it's it. Really, there are better ways to do that. <laughs> yeah. There are there are gentler ways to teach your child resilience rather, <laughs> rather than, like, sending them away for seven years. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are murder ways. I used to, um, when I got a little bit older, I used to run away and go to auditions in London, which now, at the time, I was like, oh, fuck, this is really bad. Now I'm like, that's murder. <laughs> but you see, you write a lot and I write a lot. Yeah. And I think that comes from that loneliness yeah. as well. Because I used to be, um, you know, I'd come home on holidays and I'd, we had this massive, like, woods and river bit and all the rest of it in the, in, around the land. Mm. And I would take a pen and a paper and I would write poetry in the woods. Oh, yeah, I did that. I went on a rock in the middle of the river and I'd write poetry and I I had binders and I would type them up on my dad's typewriter because we didn't have computers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I would type them up and my typing was brilliant and I had binders and binders. I think I went through like a sonnet, iambic pantometer period. yeah. You know, I did the whole thing and it really, that is how I process. Even now it's how I process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't have anybody to fucking talk to. I remember taking the rhyme of the ancient mariner into the middle of the woods and reading it and being like, yeah. fuck me, this is romantic. Yeah. Jeez, look, if you could see me now. No, that's it. <laughs> look. And it's just, it is a really, you know, it's a really, it's a really difficult thing to talk about as well mm. because I don't ever want to demonise my parents. And I do know people that have really positive experiences at boarding school. Mm. You know, a friend of mine who's just sent her daughter to boarding school mm. and it took everything in me to not be like, don't do that, don't do that, She's thriving. She's really? the best time. Like, wow. she really is. And I think it's because she comes from... I think if you come from a very safe, very loving yeah. family where you have that solid attachment, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably fine. I didn't come from that family. They were, fine, but they were quite distant. There was yeah, no emotional right. chat. We never snuggled up and I watched a movie. Um, it, it was always... So I think that was part of the problem. Yeah. So I don't want to demonise anybody who sends their kids to boarding school or no, whatever. But no. I think there was a real lack of awareness 
about the impact that it has. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. I think, and you're absolutely right, there is, if you are choosing to send your child to boarding school and it works for them, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Well, that is fucking fantastic. I'm so happy for you and for them. It is... I think it, it comes sort of back to what I was saying about being a lump of clay and going, this will work. I will jam yeah. it into this shape and yeah. it will come out the other side. It's sort of like, you know, like a, one of those Play-Doh pasta makers. You go, <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah, will, yeah. it will come out. Um, but it doesn't work like that. If it's not working, yeah. it's okay to change it. And the thing is, there was no... And there was a lot of we did it and we're fine so therefore yeah. you will be too. Yeah. And it's like... And I now look at it and go, well, you're not fine, are you? No. You're not. You're emotionally stunted. You've had alcoholic periods. Like, you know, I love my parents, but they're not fine. And again, it's not their fault. They're not of a generation where they're encouraged to, like, actually feel their feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's, I I also believe that had a heavy impact on my alcoholism as well, Mm -hmm. my addiction. Mm -hmm. Because it was, I became a brilliant chameleon. I was a survivor. Absolutely. And that meant as much as I could walk into any room and be friends with anybody. Yeah. It also meant that I knew deep in my heart, I actually, nobody really knew me. That's, this cat. Nobody yes. actually really knew me. And I was still, it just reinforced all the time. You have no friends, you're on your own. Yeah. Nobody likes you because yeah. actually nobody knows you. And I didn't even really know myself. I came spite and people would be like, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> What's your favourite colour? I don't know, but I like that shirt you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I couldn't... Let's stay at the same time. For fear, for fear that they'd be like, we don't like you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's batshit crazy yeah. that it took me until this age. Which is why I love me, because you, like, people who come into the rooms or people who get sober and do that work early, mm. I'm like, God, I wish I'd done that. But it, it's like, I mean, mine happened literally by accident. I would have... It was... It was one or the other, wasn't it? Literally, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I mean, you have to laugh about it now. You really do. I say, I say this a lot when I'm just like some of the stories I've had in sobriety. Are obviously, some of the funniest things I've had. Some, some, some of the darkest. Some of the darkest. You do have to laugh, and I, that's sort of why I love sobriety as well. Because for the first time, I can talk about this shit mm. and know that people don't go. <gasps> yeah, 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 that's yeah, horrendous. Yeah. How dare you? Like yeah. you're an awful person, and they just nod and you go, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, 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 I did that, or I did worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, thank God. There's no one going, oh my God, oh fuck, that's, um, that's yeah. wow, that's embarrassing. I, I, oh. But there's a whole theory as well about boarding school survivors. Yeah. Um, and I, apparently there's a book, and I tried to buy the book, oh, yeah, it must, but it must be out of print because I went to buy it and it was like £42 or something. I was oh, like, mm. people from boarding school. I don't know if I need to read about my own trauma that badly. <laughs> I was there, I know what happened. <laughs> got the t shirt. Got, yep, still got my school jumper on my tie. Got my free bedtime. Like it's um, it. I think becoming a chameleon is a really good way of putting it because that's exactly what I have done. And I never, I, and it was only when I got sober that I in any way get to know myself because I had no idea who I was. I had no sense of self yeah. because for so long you've been putting this thing going. Right, what do I need to mould to? That means I'm gonna survive because there's no individuality. It's, it's yeah. about homogeneity. It's about put, making you all the same. Yeah. Because you're all being treated like there's no room for you to like be artistic or creative or mm. you know there's no privacy either you know there's nothing. I mean, this is I mean, also if this is uncomfortable, I'm just talk about this. So things like um, 
sexuality at school. Oh, there was lots of lots of mutual masturbation shit really? that went on. I had we had the opposite. Oh, did you? We had like if anyone found out that you'd done that, you'd be like, can, like burn oh my it, god, burn no! So there was this thing at school, and I'd forgotten all about oh, this. It's hilarious. Let's fish it out. But if Prince's Thunder was playing <laughs> in a dormitory. You knew yeah. that there was some sexy shit going on in there. Really? Also, they had rooms with two baths in, and you had to bath with somebody else. You couldn't have, you couldn't lock yourself in a room and have your own bath. This is where these stories come from. Isn't so it? inevitably, that shit happened. And you know, now I look back and go, actually, it was actually quite innocent. It was very, you know, exploratory and discovery and all yeah, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. I do remember Prince's Thunder. If that was playing. You stayed out in that room. That is That's like the so that was like the boarding school version of the sock on the door handle. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I forgot all about that. That's because for, for us, like, if anyone, I remember in fifth form we went into into fifth form and someone went into their room and there was a massive, there was an empty box of like some enormous dildo Brilliant. and everyone was like. Right, what lesbian has that? Oh yeah, there was lots like, of lesbian chat. Yeah, there yeah. was. Even what? though all this was going on in the night, the, being a lesbian was the worst thing you could possibly be. The worst be. thing, the worst yeah. thing. But any kind of like masturbation, anything like that, you would literally be burnt at the stake. You'd be burnt at the stake. However, I will tell this story because you know what? Fuck it. And that, mum, if you listen to this, just please do. Skip, God, skip forward. Skip forward <laughs> a good two minutes. We, we read Birdsong in English. Right, yeah, I can see where this is going. <laughs> when you know, Birdsong, if you haven't read Birdsong, there's um, a section in sort of the first like couple of chapters with the most erotic sex. Very sexy. And I'd never, I'd never seen anything, I'd never seen porn, so I was like, this is. That's, that's, that was your porn? That was my porn. And we were doing it in English. Brilliant. I. Managed to. Um, Did you have an reach. orgasm in English? I had it in chemistry. You didn't. In the back, because chemistry was next. <laughs> no. Oh my god, that's brilliant. I managed to have an orgasm in the back of chemistry. Do you know what? True story, everybody. You know I think there's a lot to be said for erotic literature. <laughs> there's a lot to be said for that. It's not sure. You didn't sign up for this, did you, Felipe? Um, yeah, there is a lot to be said for that. I remember, though, talking about inappropriate things. Yeah. Uh, my mum would send me. Uh, Virginia Andrews Flowers in the Attic books which Bloody hell. I don't know if you know what they are but yeah. basically that's incest books yeah they're incest books yeah. basically I read all of them and from year what like first year I was reading these books instead of doing maths and it was about, the, it was about these four kids that were locked in an attic by their mean old grandma and the older brother and sister like yeah. were bumping uglies yeah. and honestly now I look back and I go how was that how was that alright mm. still love those books though yeah. Reread them all the other time. The whole genre of the board genre of incest. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point she was like, listen, if she's reading and she's not whinging about coming home, just send her the fucking Send books. her the fucking books, do anything. Yeah. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. I remember um, my, one of my first boyfriends when I was in fifth form, who was called Bleep Bleep, um, bleep, 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 bleep. Uh, Freddie Lowe, no last name. Um, he had a burnt DVD of porn. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave it to me. And what we, kind of porn was that? Um, it was a threesome between a man and two women. Of course. Yep, classic. Um, and I remember, God, I think I was on the box. I mean, really? <laughs> and uh, I brought, I had it because I went to, I went to my insights again, Theham, and then he gave me this DVD and I came back to school and about 14 of us sat in, <laughs> sat in one room, put it, put it in, because we had laptops at that point, put it in the laptop. If literally, they, Guys, you won't know, but you used to press a little button and the thing would go, and you put a DVD in, you put it in. And about, about 14 people, we just sat in a room, and there were all of us with our arms folded going, huh. And then I remember about five minutes in, a girl called went. Have you got the giggle? Um, Is anyone else's fanny beating? <laughs> Billowing porn until I was in my 20s again because we didn't have div- we did not have DVDs if you were watching porn we had birdsong you had to we had birdsong Virginia Andrews if you were watching porn you had to buy it on Sky and we were never allowed Sky because my dad ne- would never have a satellite on the house hello no 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 yeah. now he's like annoyed when he comes to my house and we don't have Sky I love him because he watches the cricket and uh, but but we didn't watch anything like that so I was like you know for us I'm trying to think what we did that was naughty. I mean, apart from obviously the massive mutual masturbation, lesbian things that went on. um, Oh my God, we used to do things like dorm raids. Oh, we used to put like tights on your head and run in at midnight and rip everybody's duvet. Oh, we did that. Yeah, and then we used to thing with hockey stick. We used to thing with a hockey stick where you used to... Oh, sorry, knocking everything over. You'd like hold it up like this and spin round, 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 and then you have to let it go, and you would just go flying everywhere. I mean, why? It was such innocent fun. It's until somebody knocked a tooth out, actually. But listen, I mean, boarding school. There were lots of times where I look back and I go, "That was great." We used to sneak out. Yeah, getting caught coming back from Starlight Club uh, halfway through the window in the sixth form flat. Did you also call it pulling a cheeky? That's what we called it. No, what's pulling a cheeky? Pulling a cheeky. Oh, pulling a cheeky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you went, so basically, with boarding school, because we're all flight risks, you have to sign in about ten times a day. You have to sign in a lot, and um, we'd go at like six o'clock. Go to the house mother and go. I'm feeling really tired, so I'm gonna go. That's how it's going. I'm gonna go to bed early. Um, like the Windsor version of a Valley Girl. Yeah, yeah. I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one long vocal throw. And um, then we, in the drama department, there was, I'd say the drama department, there was a room that had some quotes on the walls and a box, and a box of, of costumes. Yeah, a box of costumes. <laughs> and, um, and they had these god-awful wigs that, like, some someone some would, like, have to stick on there. And we'd get these wigs out of the costume department and put them on the pillow. 
They kill a little person in the bed, so if the house mother came around, they'd only be like, oh, of course. Weird, that's stupid. <laughs> they are idiots. doors in the sixth form, we were given flats. It was quite cool. Oh, wow. flats. But the door used to, obviously, if you open the door after lights out, yeah. by like 17 at this point, um, it, an alarm would go off. Right? We'd stopped having lights out at 15. So what we realised really quickly early on is that if you unscrewed the metal plate yeah. on one side of the door and sellotaped it to the other plate, yeah. you could get in and out without breaking the circuit. At that point, I don't think I spent many nights in the flat. Like, I was just out all the time. Yeah. Even though yeah. I was just around the... Like, I was just around, walking around the fucking camper. I just didn't want to be yeah. where I was supposed to be. That's, that's what we did. We just went around. But um, we'd, we'd put these wigs in the bed and then we literally get out the window go down mm. we, my school was in Ascot we used to go to London for the night nice come back in the morning someone would sign you in at breakfast someone would go to go to Windermere for the night nice there was a club called Starlight fuck yeah it was great yeah. and then I went for my 18th birthday the Starlight and he was like I'm like I'm celebrating my 18th birthday he's like you've been coming here for five years <laughs> He's like, how are you 18? Oh, like, uh, <laughs> can I have a Malibu and come? I'm 18 now. It's fine. Yeah, but like, we used to just sort of, I always used to just like wander around the school. The thing is with boarding school, you do like, because um, you have to be quite uh, savvy and you do have to, like, there's a lot of times that are really boring, so you do come up with shit that's weird, like the hockey stick thing. We used to um, hoard hot cross buns so they could be they go stale and then we'd hurl them at parents' evening. <laughs> Do you know, you say that. We never had any time to get bored. In fact, now I eat so fast. I don't know if you eat quickly. Yeah, but I if you don't eat quickly, you don't eat. Wolf food down yeah. because there was... N- they, part of their, like, sort of torture was you were never allowed any downtime. Mm. Because if you if you had downtime, you were going to get up something naughty because mm. you were so fucking traumatised. Mm-hmm. You were going to act out. Yeah. So you'd get up at ridiculous o'clock, you'd like whiz in, have breakfast, then you'd have to go straight to do this, all your classes. Lunch, you'd have like five minutes to run into the canteen, get some food because mm. then you had a lunch club or something. Then mm. you had prep, then you had dinner, but then you had a... You know, she were never, ever yeah, still. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I, like, now I struggle to sit down. Yeah. I eat really fast. Yeah. I always have to be on the move. I hate not having anything. Yeah stimulating me in any way whether it's a podcast or tv or oh yeah yeah, yeah. music's no good for me music doesn't work for me no i need i need something more i need I, like like human what i need some yes. human people go oh listen to music when you go to sleep i'm like i'd rather die yeah. i can't i can't i then. listen to death podcasts to go to sleep you know i've got dateline on keith morrison he's my favorite we are so similar <laughs> It's all boarding school. I tell you what, it's boarding school. Fucks you up in all the same ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really struggle with any downtime. Yeah. Um, or, or I say that I'm either like in fifth gear or park. Yeah. Like those are my only options. Oh, it's it's, like, it's one or the other. Yeah. You literally there is no kind of like if people go you know just like cool down and so like, just take it easy. I'm like why do, I don't know what that means. Yeah. That can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Yeah, there like there were times that were wild and bonkers, but it's. I think the main things that really, really fucked me up were the early years. That's like yeah. that's when you are not ruling the school and you're not. I don't. You're not. You're yeah. not in any kind of control. You're totally vulnerable. Yeah. You are hoping that no, you don't look at anybody in the wrong way, or oh you know, it's you are constant like Catching fight or flight mode. Yeah. You are because you know that. There is no, there is no adult that can be watching you at any one time. You don't yeah. have a safe space to go back to. Yeah. 
if even if you tell your friends that something happened, they'll probably be like, well, if I'm her friend, mm. then I'll get bullied. So instead, I'm just going to tell her that she's it's all her fault. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just yeah. it was relentless. It was the Hunger Games and catching eyes with someone in chapel in all the year. My God, wait for the crucifixion. Oh, and they just and they were mean. Yeah, and then we were mean when we got older yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just it's and I hate everything about that. Um, but I was thinking about the good things that it did for me. Like, mm. it did give me a massive sense of curiosity. Like, I did always want to... Because I had no desire to stay at home. Mm. I always wanted to travel. Mm. I don't think I ever would have got that. I mean, I went to Australia on exchange when I was 13 mm. for a term. You know, people were like, you just put your kid on a flight for 24 hours. And I was like, yeah, by this point, I was dead inside. I'm like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, literally, that, that was exactly it. Just dead inside. I got sent everywhere. I spent, when I was 17, I spent, I think, like, 12 hours alone in Nairobi on my own with the rucksack. And I was like, like totally fine. Like, uh, no one gave a shit. Yeah. And, that, and that, there is that sense of, like, I'm glad that I had, it was a pretty brutal way to get it, but I do have a real sense of independence and resilience. Mm. And I know you're right. You said at the beginning, it, it sounds a bit like, oh, you went to boarding school, hard life, you yeah, know, yeah, privilege yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it. I, I sort of, and I get that, but I can't tell you how devastating yeah. it is. Yeah. It's a really expensive way yeah. to traumatise your children. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could have done this on a, on a much, on a budget. You could, you could have done this on ways. All of this stuff, and I think people go, go to private school because they get loads of opportunities, they get to do all this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, but if I don't send them to private school, then I can afford to do that with my own kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, but there is still part of me that, like, struggles with that. Like, there's still part of me that is bred to believe that private school is better. Yeah. And I do struggle with that because I have to be like, it's not better. It's not better. It's yeah. not better. Like, and it's it's difficult. But, yeah, boarding school is a weird one. And I don't it think it's ever anything that... I couldn't even ever imagine sending my kids away. I can't... I don't even... I say to me, even if you go to university, I'm like, you're going to live with me. You're going to live with me forever. Or next door. I can't imagine... The idea of sending Mickey, my cat, <laughs> to a cattery for a week. I'm like, well, that's impossible, isn't it? I'll have, I'll have to cancel my holiday. Oh, no, for a week, I'm fine. Oh, no. I'm, Let I'm me like, tell you, cat's different. But when you do have kids, this is the thing. I do actually fully empathise with the desire to have them not be with you. Yeah. Like, there is that. I love my kids. But I was talking to a school friend, uh, a mum, a dad, actually, yesterday. And he's mm. like, oh, our kids are going with their grandparents camping for two and a half weeks during the summer holidays and I was like I don't think I've ever felt jealousy like that. <laughs> I was seething like what? I had to sort of step ten it because I felt such resentment towards because my grandparents my kids grandparents are way too old they can't do it there's no way we'd get that mm. kind of childcare. I was like what are you going to do for two and a half weeks like, oh we've booked to go to Tuscany I was like what you're going to have to get out of my reach because yeah, I yeah. swear I'm going to stab you in the face you need to walk away from me yeah like two and a half weeks away fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sending them away from 11 to 18. Yeah. Not okay. I have got uh, nieces and nephews. My niece, uh, Isabel, is four. And I, when I first met her, my brother said it was so weird because you leant over her when she was newborn and went, I will die for you. <laughs> and it, well, he was like, it's not that you said I would, it's that you went, I will. And <laughs> Like a prophecy. I will die for you. And... That's weird. But, like, the idea of... Like, they, they discussed it the other day, and I jumped on the... Com- I mean, I was like, what the fuck? I have nothing to do with it. I've got no right to jump in, but I was... It's a boarding school conversation. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I'll take her. I'll take her. Yeah. And they were like, wait, 
Do you know what I was like? I don't know. I was like, I'll teach. Yeah. Uh, like the idea of her being like, I can't. I. I do you think they will send her? I fucking hope not. No, I don't think so. I don't think. So. I don't think. I think will. it's far less. I think it's far less popular now than it was mm. then. I also think it's. I mean, the boomers were like the boomers. Well, they also had loads of money. They had so much money. They bought a house for three pence, and they, you know, and had pensions coming out of the yin yang. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like they just had money to fucking burn. It's a golden generation. They all did it. They were fine, and then yeah, ruined it for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, But now I think it's, you know, it's such it's so freaking expensive. Yeah. Like I just don't. I just I, I there's better things to spend your money on yeah oh, fucking fabulous holidays yeah 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 yeah. you know you could buy like a whole second house yeah third house I know like that cut like if my if if I have my kids and I don't know if that will be a thing um as I said to Brandon Reese need to get myself a boyfriend so I've got somewhere to go at Christmas <laughs> <laughs> and he was like you stop saying get yourself a boyfriend <laughs> Um, oh god, you can come to my house. Can I come to your house? I think the girls would like that because we can hang out. Oh my god, the girls would love that. Would be amazing. Um, but uh, but I if I if I guess it is there is I know that I would never want to send them to boarding school, and I don't think I'd send them to private. I I no. I, I don't. But really I also want those fights. Actually. Like I want to have fights about boyfriends and sneaking out and yeah. being late and not coming home and doing your homework and and you know I know. I know I don't have teenagers yet, and I know that Peter's is like, mm. just you wait. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the fucking worst. But I want that because I never had that. Yes, exactly. I never had that. Mm. Like you know those TV shows you see of like teenagers being mad with their mums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sounds ridiculous, but I never had that experience yeah, ever. And that for me just was like. So it's such a loss because I wanted. I think that's such a bond that you get with your mum yeah. through that period. Yeah. Um, you feel like so you missed out. It's, it's, I do. I do feel like I missed out. I on feel that like I really missed out. And the same way with family thing. Like, I don't know TV shows and stuff. Like every all my friends were like, "Oh my god!" When you came home from school and got to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I was like, "We had like no. We we were allowed to watch Friends. Were you? We were given like a special dispensation for us all to watch Friends. We were allowed to watch Skins." Oh, were you? Mm, That's we spicy. To, yeah, it's very spicy. We were allowed to watch, I think it was like a Thursday night that Skins was on. We were, we were allowed to watch Skins. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Um, I ran away from school. Do you know, at sixth form, I just remembered I became a weekly boarder. Did you? Yeah, because I passed my driving test. That was the only reason. Mum and Dad were like, we're not driving up and down to get you, but if you can drive yourself. Sick. So I became a weekly boarder, but by then I had a boyfriend who lived in the same village. He was really fit. Yeah, he was fucking fit. Oh, my God, he was so, so fit. fit. <laughs> he was. Like, we were the only two people our age. You so like the God, of the legs fancied me Yorkshire Dales because this was at home and um, he was like six foot four oh. little basketball player he was like yeah. legit fit like yeah even now I'm like please don't be listening to this even, <laughs> imagine he's my number one even now occasionally he pops up on my Instagram feed and I'm like fuck he was fit fuck he's fit like he is objectively good looking yeah. and uh, thank god we fancied each other he's single I think it might be actually. He's only ten years older. I date the older. He's got a little girl. Um, Not that little. Probably the same age as Billy. Okay. About nine or ten. I just feel like if I was like he lives in the Yorkshire Dales. It's not. I mean, he's. I'll show you a picture. What would I do with (laughs) Mickey? Already, she's like, so I'm moving to the Yorkshire Dales. Isn't that going to be my move? But yeah, but and to be honest, when I think about it, that was my family. Like I absorbed. Like I was. We were all in 
each other's like that's the only person I spent any time with. Yeah. And when that breakup happened, oh, that was so devastating. Absolutely devastating. Yeah. Because he was the only person that I had. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my entire life, yeah. that I had any connection to. Yeah. Um. So it really fucked me up in relationships as well. Well, I was going to discuss this. I mean, yeah. We've Are we got running to... out of time? No, no, no. We're good. Um. That my. I think uh, my experience at boarding school really played into a lot of relationship choices that I made. Yeah. Um, because <clears throat> when I was, I survived, I definitely survived boarding school and I survived by doing the same, by being this chameleon. Mm-hmm. And I was part of this like cool group, but I was on very much like, they didn't care if I was there, they didn't care if I wasn't. Yeah. It was like I, I was... I was made well, of course they do because they're the same as you yeah. they don't care about anybody else they, they know that they only have to look after yeah. themselves she didn't, I wasn't this like superlative of like the most or the worst like it wasn't like no she can't be here it was just like if I was there cool if but I was there no one would ask where I was and when I left school and had my first like serious boyfriend who I met when I was 17 he um he was the first person in my in, actually I've just talked about this in the most recent episode um, he was the first person in my entire ever in my life who turned around to me and went, "I love you. You are, but this is what he did. It was like this thing going, "I love you. You are pedestal." And suddenly I was like, "Oh my god, I exist. I exist as a human." But only in relation to him. And, but and then when he switched and became very very abusive, very physically and emotionally abusive, I was like, "I can't leave this because if I do." I'm not going to exist anymore. I'm yeah. going to go back to being nothing. And that really played a huge part in a lot of my relationships. I think as well it's really important to like distinguish between this idea of... Because trauma is at the root of everything. Right? Yeah. All our bad decisions generally come from some sort of trauma that has, that's been unprocessed. Mm-hmm. But trauma doesn't always have to be like capital T trauma. Like, yeah. One of those defining moments that I find traumatic that I know was was tra- being pushed onto that minibus. Yeah. Now nobody's looking I'm at that. Trying to get Mickey in this rupture. You know, I wasn't mugged. I wasn't raped. I wasn't attacked. I wasn't mm. any of that stuff at that point. But that for me mm. was was trauma with a little t, but enough to really mm. have this lasting impression. Yeah. That really meant that I. It changed my world view yeah in some way yeah. and without acknowledging that i just kept making these same mistakes like mm. really being whoever any boyfriend needed me to be exactly so when i was with the really fit bloke yeah. he was really into like college rock to be fair i still am i mean i i've never met a Counting crows album i didn't laugh um <laughs> like counting crows hooting the blow yeah, 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 or yeah, yeah. matchbox fucking 20 yeah um all of this stuff. So that was me. And he was a writer, so I was writing. Yeah. And then, you know, I went out with a skier. So then I was a skier. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. And then, you know, this, that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And I was always what they needed me to be. 100%. And, and you convince yourself that if there's no part of you that's going like, oh, I don't like this. You literally convince yourself yeah. to go, oh, no, I do like this. Yeah. I fucking hate camping. Guys, I'm sorry. I hate it. I My personal hell, if hell is catered to the individual, I'll be constantly camping and I'll be an accountant. That is my hell. Oh, I can't. I love camping. I can't. But like, I can't. I don't know what it is. No, I get it. I can't. I mean, it's an, it's, it's an acquired taste. I. It is one of my like big hates. What I, is it that you hate so much about camping? Um, I don't like being cold in the morning or feeling like my like I I, I don't know where the toothpaste is. I just like. Oh, I see. I'm yeah. sure if it's or if there's like hot water available, or feeling like I just I don't I just don't like it. And I had my ex ex. 
like his favourite thing in the world was camping. Did you go camping all the time? We didn't go camping, but I definitely expressed how much I loved camping. I actively hate it. I know that I hate oh, it. That's so funny. Isn't that like, why? And then, but I, I, there was no part of me going, I'm lying. It was a going, oh no, I do love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I is. No. That's the thing. It's not a choice. I mean, it's not a choice. It is an, it's mm. an instinct. Yeah. It's like a survival instinct where it's like, I need, I will be liked and accepted and I will yeah. exist if this person recognises me. And if he recognises me, it's because yeah. I like all the same things that yeah, he yeah, likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm perfect. And I've it. done it with friends as well. We've oh, got yeah. friends too. Yeah. You know, I've dressed a certain way. Yeah. I've said I'll do, you know, I, I've said I, I mean, I remember one friend who was really crunchy as a parent, which is fine. It's just not my vibe. But she was like, we don't do vaccinations or the rest of it. And like, I'm so anti anti-vax mm. but I was like yeah we'll give them colloidal silver instead like what the fuck <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like yeah, no, we're done. then we weren't friends anymore and I was like get these kids immunised yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and now I oh, pay yeah. for extra vaccination I'm like chicken pox yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well Woo-hoo! you know but it is those things and it's it makes my heart break because yeah. even now I have to like my instinct is to do it but I have to stop yeah you know, and that's, I guess, again, sobriety's taught me that I have to lean into that pause and go, listen. Yeah. Don't, but I do things like they go, oh, you know that new restaurant down on that right now? Like, yeah. No, I do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I do. What restaurant they're talking about? Yeah. I've never heard an album they're talking about, but I will say, yeah, I know it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Because I don't want to go, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about this, actually, I think, before. We talked about, like, life pre-sobriety and how if, because um, we, we did this in there, like, if we made a mistake of some sort, oh, we come up with, like, a lie. Like throw anybody under yeah. the bus. And, like, go, no, that wasn't my fault because of this is the right yeah. thing you're doing because you cannot yeah. be like, I fucked up. Because a lot of us, well, when I, my parents' generation, a lot of love and attention was shown via achievement. So mm-hmm. when I achieved, like, got gold medals or great mm-hmm. grades or whatever, that was when they, I felt the most noticed. Yeah. So the idea of me failing in any way, like, if I fuck up at work or something... Yeah pre-sobriety I would throw anybody under the bus I could not take accountability not because I was mean and malicious but because the fear in me that I would be rejected was palpable but again I didn't recognise it as that until until I went through sobriety I used to think that it just wasn't my fault and it goes on like a huge scale it goes from like a fuck up at work to going someone's asked you to get Robina at the corner shop and and there's and you've got Robina and then you go oh there wasn't any yes like oh my god yes like it's that actually I've done that yeah going you you forgot that's okay that's good but you literally go oh that damn that damn shop no no, they stop yeah or or you'll go oh you know sorry I haven't replied to your email I am it was it was in my drafts yeah, 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 yeah. I just didn't do it. No, I literally just didn't do it. But I can't bear the thought that somebody thinks I'm useless or yeah. something, or that I fucked up. Yeah. Um, and now I do tell the truth, and yeah. I'm really sorry. But I have to. But I have to make myself. It's my instinct is to lie. Yeah, hundred percent. I have to take the pause and go. No, it's yeah. like it's okay. Yeah. You fucked go. up, but it's fine. Also, to go, um, like if I forget to reply to a voice note or something, my instinct is to be like, I've been so slammed with work and I've done that. And it's like, mm, no, I just like, I was quite tired and needed some space myself. And yeah. actually, I didn't really want to listen to your voice note. And most people are like, that's cool, man. I do that too. Do you know, I've got the best group of friends, and it's taken me to my 40s to sort of figure this out. But I've got friends now, not very many. <laughs> But they are the ones I've got are really, really good. Yeah. And they'll do things like they'll drop voice notes and they'll be like, listen, just checking to say hi. Do not want to be another thing on your to-do list. So don't worry about getting back to me whenever is fine. But mm-hmm. just letting you know I'm thinking of you. I'm like, that's the kind of friendship I need in my life. That's exactly it. That's what I need. This recognition that I don't always have to be available. Yeah. 
and that I don't expect them to always be available. I yeah. never get upset, partly because I don't ever attach myself to anybody and I assume nobody's ever coming anyway or replying to anything I read or write. But um, but I never get annoyed when people don't reply. No. I never go, oh, that means that I'm terrible. I just go, that's what people do. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. ever get back to and, me. And if people apologise for not getting back, I'm like, it's totally yeah. fine, man. Like, it's it's totally, totally fine. Yeah. And it is the friendships that I have now discovered of going, there is no, there's no, I don't know, you're not paying any kind of penance. You're just going, like... Love you. Sending you much love today. Yeah. Um, don't. Yeah. All good. It's not a competition. It's not. It's. it's and that relief of yeah. friend, oh when anybody's like, oh my god, you haven't replied to me. Yeah. I just think you know, when you're not my people. You're not my people, man. Like, and that's fine. Yeah, that's totally But okay. your expectations of friendship are way different to mine. Well, you you haven't seen me in two weeks. I, yeah. I don't see m- most yeah. of my friends. In my two friends, weeks. we we see sporadically. We're in touch whenever we can be. Mm. But if I call them and say I fucking need you, they'll be there. Oh, without question. I mean, I would, never would, obviously, because yeah. I'm an addict and I don't like asking for help. Yeah. And I'm really fucked up in that way. But if I did. Yeah, they would, and that—that's all I need to know. I don't need yeah. to know that they're going to respond to my text message straight away. Yeah. I just need to know that if the shit hits the fan, mm. somebody will come. That's like my my best friend who saved my life. He mm. he legitimately saved my life, and we see each other. We see each other on break. He's quite. He works a lot. Very successful actor, um, but he works a lot, and he's not around a lot. That's okay. He often doesn't get back to me. But there was a day, that day when I went, I need you now. And he was like, I am coming. I am coming. And he dropped everything. And he stayed with, he stayed with me until I was taken away. Yeah. Taken away. And that's, you know, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether they get back to you in a certain amount of minutes. Yeah. I'm too ADHD for that. Um, so at this point, I like to ask, what are the things about you with all of this stuff, what are the particular things about you that you genuinely really love and cherish about you as a person? I, oh, this is really uncomfortable. I know, it's everyone can really it. I know, it's a surprise. <gasps> and do you know what? I make my girls do this. Do you? Like, all the time, like, tell me what you love about yourself. Oh! And they're like, I really love my long legs. I love that. I really love that I can throw a ball far. I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I wish I could do that. You know, without yeah, yeah, any yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, self-consciousness. Yeah. Okay, here goes. Uh, I like that I'm silly. I do like that I dance in the kitchen with my kids and yeah. I'm, they hate it, but I love that my silliness. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I how many do I have to come up with? Like, you can come up with one or ten. It's not going to be ten. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love my ability to sleep now. That's great. Do you know, I never used to be able to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and I love that I get into bed and I can fall asleep and that is... Is that part of spirituality? Yeah. Yeah. The sleep I discovered when I didn't drink, mm-hmm. I was like, do you mean everybody else has been having this kind of sleep like, their whole life? Yeah. And and I haven't. I yeah. thought, well, you got to that name and you just woke up four times a night. Yeah, 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 100%. But, you, but that's the wine. Um, apparently. <laughs> and now I just sleep. And probably the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, if I'm honest. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, and also I... I really love my ability to be able to... I do not hold a grudge. Mm. I never have held a grudge. I love that. And I am very able to just be like, okay, fine, done. That's such a good one. I do not hold a grudge. And uh, for me, that has served me well and the people around me well in life. And, you know, and I think that that's that's something. Yeah, I'm proud of that. I love those. That's, That's a really good one. That's a really, really good one. I like that a lot. Did I, did I, like, win? You won. 
You won that. And that they all to want you. I'm really good at um, And there is a portion of the podcast that we like to call Thank You Letters, where we ask you to express gratitude for a person, a place, or a thing, or one of each that you're particularly thankful for. Oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say pe- people. My kids. I know. I knew you were going to say that, and I can actually feel tears springing into my eyes. Which is like I almost didn't say it because I thought it was really cheesy. No, it's but also, it's quite unusual coming from me because you know I'm like I'm more likely to call them rat bags than yeah, say I love yeah, them. Yeah, but yeah. Um, they honestly, I'm sober because of them, and uh, they bring me. They are the funniest fuckers I know. Mm. They really are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Places, do you know what I would say? My house, because for the first time in my entire life, mm. I feel like I actually have a base that I love. Yeah. And things, um, my puppy, Your does she puppy. count as a thing? 1000%. My little sausage dog, Daxi, called Noodle, or Noodle, or mm. Michael Noodle. Noodle. Oh my. Do you know what his full name is? Please say it's Michael Noodle. It's Michael Catley. Oh my god. <laughs> I've got Michael Noodle. Oh, that's why we're friends. That's why we're friends. <laughs> she's also called Noodle. I love. Yeah, we've got many names for her, Noodle. but she's my favourite. I love that. Perfect, perfect ones. Um, and is there anything that you can discuss, or is it all super chic? Uh, well, I'm writing two books, which is very exciting. Uh, I've got a novel coming out and a non-fiction, but it's way too early to start promoting that. Mm. But do you know what? The, my the, the weirdest success story mm. was this list I wrote called the mental load list. And if you, you might not, some, if you're a mum kids and you're a woman, you, you will fully understand what I'm talking about. But that kind of constant ticker tape that goes on your head that your partners don't seem to suffer from. Mm-hmm. You know, like this thing where you're like, why is it that I just know that dentist appointments need making or that birthday presents need buying or that beds need changing or that, you know, this sort of stuff. I wrote a list where I listed all the things that go through our heads. It's 47 pages long. And um, I've divided it up into sections like the extra mental load when you go on holiday or when it's a kid's birthday party or Christmas or anything like that. Like the shit that we all think about. Fucking genius. As women, right? Yeah. It's eight pounds available on my website, notsosmagnow.com. It has been. I'd go as far as to say it's gone viral. That is that is a genius. I know. I mean, honestly, it's just a list of the shit, and I've, even things like have sex is on there yeah, because that becomes another to do. Well, you got to do it. Well, sex is like going to the gym. It's like you never really feel like it, but you're always glad when it's done. Yeah, that is so brilliant. That's obviously I'm referring to people who are married with kids. Yeah, it's sort of me at the moment is quite, yeah, no, it's it's quite different. I've sort of had a conversation by the bins yeah, and it's already, very different. Sometimes it feels the opposite actually when I'm like, I'm really up for it. And at the end I'm like, oh, why did I do that? that <laughs> <laughs> you see, we're never happy. We're never happy. <laughs> Um, that's anyway, yeah, go by the mental load list, it's brilliant, and there's an editable version so you can make it round. Um, I'm going to link all of that below, but I just want to say thank you so, so, so much. And I'm also just, um, oh, I might get a little bit teary actually. Um, fucking hell, where's that come from? I'm just like, I'm just really, um, there's a lot to do with sobriety when you, uh, you, your life really, really opens up and you do meet really incredible people Mm. and, um, uh, I think you're just one of the people who's walked into my life with, uh, like, which, with real, like, purpose, and it just, it means a lot. Um, and, uh, I would cry, but I have a a piece of coal where my heart is, because of all my trauma, but Um, I want you to know that, yeah, 
That is literally the nicest thing, but sobriety is the best thing that has ever happened to me because of the people. I didn't know that yeah. drunks were so fucking cool, but we yeah. really are. We're the fucking goodest. <laughs> um, but uh, I just really want to uh, express my gratitude. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, you so much. It's really, really, truly incredible and absolute inspiration. And I feel very fortunate. So. Me too, little love fest. Yeah, Mutual yeah, love fest. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, God. If you or anyone you know is struggling or needs help with the issues discussed on Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends, please visit the podcast bio where you will find contact numbers with people readily available to give support. Please get in touch with your stories at either contact at whydoyouthink.com or on Instagram at emily underscore lang underscore UK or at whydoyouthinkpodcast. To have your story or your thank you letter read on the podcast, please put survivor story or thank you letter either at the top or in the subject line. We really want to hear from you. We don't care if it's a catastrophe story or a small win from your week, your favourite place, person or thing. We are here for all of it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.